Discover College Soccer is proud to have VO as a partner, and on February 22nd, VO is launching a game changer in sports tech, and you are invited to the exclusive online reveal that will happen at 2 p.m. Eastern on February 22nd. Get ready for a major leap in sports recording and live streaming. We can't wait to see you there. I can't wait to hear what they have in store for us. Just click the link here in the show notes, and we'll see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Jeff from Regis University in Colorado. Welcome, Coach. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. It's uh, lovely to have a chance to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, glad to have you here. You're, uh, well, what I what I didn't tell you before, you're, you, you know, you're on that 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 long list, that first cut of list of schools my daughter's looking at. So I'm I'm interested to hear your uh, things about about Regis now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she 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 lives in Florida, but decided if it, she she'd love she loved Colorado. We went out skiing there a couple of years ago. She she loves that. Uh, so anyway, uh, awesome. but yeah. but I mean, we're talking about a potential recruit here. You know, she's only a sophomore. Can't talk to her yet. But uh, so we're talking end of January. It's the heart of the showcase season. Um, kind of what is your normal recruiting class timeline? Are you done with 24s and really focused on 25s? Like how, what's your typical timeline in recruiting your look like? Yeah, we've been really fortunate, um, you know, as I've been here three full years, heading into my fourth year now. The first one was as an assistant and the last two as a, as a head coach. Um, we have been really fortunate, to be honest, that our recruiting has just kind of fallen into place for us for a variety of reasons, you know, dumb luck or finding the right, you know, the, the message matches the interest for whatever reason, we've been able to get out in front. Our 24s are pretty much, um, pretty much done at this point. Um, we, we are super excited about the, the young women that are coming into the program. So we probably a couple months ago began kind of switching to look more closely at the 25s. And I'd say we're, we're kind of, we're well on the path, uh, for the 25s. We, man, you know, it's, it's, um, I get asked that question a lot, you know, from parents and and like, what is the timeline? And and it's really so variable for each individual player. What what we're trying to do here is find a match. And Regis is a unique university. Um, it's uh, you know, it's smaller. It's it's a Catholic school. It's pretty high level academics. And so we really, um, you know, are in a position where the 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 fit really has to be there for us. And so. I would say, honestly, you know, when people ask, like, where are you in your recruiting process and how much time are you spending, you know, at showcases uh, here, there, the majority of our time, honestly, is just right in this chair. And it's, it's, um, you know, responding to the interests that we get. It's um, engaging in dialogue with players and really trying to ascertain whether or not this school, this place is the right fit for, you know, fill in the blank potential student athlete. And the reverse. Um, so, you know, we, of course, do the showcase events. Um, I'm really fortunate that um, our assistant coach here, Luke Meadows, he's, he's brilliant. I, I love him. We go way back. He has been heavily involved um, in, his, in the club world um, and, and continues to be um, working with his club at some pretty high level events, GA events and in the past ECNL events. So we, uh, you know, one of the two of us, we're, we're, we're at a lot of events, of events but I, I would say that it's not you know, we're not rigid or locked down into what events we go to. It really sort of depends on where Luke's going to be with his with his team and his club, but then also where it just makes the most sense given each of these recruiting classes and, and these individuals that we're talking with. So, yeah, we're in the middle of um of the 25s. We got a, a board right over there with a list of names that we're starting to populate. And, and, you know, the real question for us is like, 
whether it's at an event or um, someone's on campus or our own ID event at a tournament, the question is like, can we imagine, can I imagine that player wearing, you know, wearing this, wearing the Regis gear? And that's across the board. Can, can I imagine them in, a, in our, in the classroom here being successful? Can I imagine them on this campus, which um, you certainly don't have to be Catholic to come here. I'm not Catholic, but it, it does have a set of values. Can we imagine you kind of wearing the, wearing those values? Can we imagine you um, wearing our Jersey actually on the pitch? And that's, it's a complicated process. So I'm sorry if that's too vague, but it, it really depends on the individual player and, and how we try to craft an experience for that player to help determine whether or not this is a good fit. No, I, I don't think it's too vague. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make maybe get a little more specific just in terms of, you know, that process. Right. So let's say you're at an ID event. What would you say is the split between I'm sitting down at this game because I've got somebody that I've already been talking to and it could be just that email or the first phone call or whatever, but I'm here to see X versus I'm plopping down to hopefully have that <laughs> lightning bolt moment of watching a game where I don't know anybody. What do you think that split is? I think you nailed it. It's like the lightning bolt, the, the catching lightning in a bottle moment for me. And maybe I just need to become a better identif identifier of talent is it, it just, it very rarely happens. I mean, I very rarely sit down, Matt, and I'm like, Hey, does anybody know the name of that number seven? I really like her. I, it just, it, it, every once in a while you get a serendipitous moment where that happens, but we really try to hedge our bets and go to these events. You know, the other thing too, I probably should have mentioned, we don't have a ton of money to be going to these events. So we have to be really targeted. And so for me to get up and, and uh, fly out of Denver and head somewhere, it probably means I've got two, three, four players maybe that are at that event that we are well down the road. We've had some email exchange, probably a phone call, a Zoom call. I've talked to a coach or two. The fit seems to be like, you know, far enough along from both sides to keep the conversation going. That's how we tend to do it. Now, while I'm at that game or event and 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 zeroing in on the two or three players, if if somebody starts to pop, if there's a player that I just can't, I can't stop watching, you know, obviously we're gonna we're gonna get the roster and figure out who that is and perhaps follow up with a phone call. But for us, you know, boy, I'm trying to think back one, maybe two players that we have on our roster right now that came through that serendipitous moment where I've got to explain where Regis is, how to pronounce the name, who we are, what level we are. It just, for us, it doesn't happen very often that way. So I'm very much in the camp of let's hedge our bets. Let's be as efficient as we can. Let's be as economical as we can and really narrow in when we, it's, it's, for me, it's a, just a real, it's a privilege to be able to go to these matches and see players live. And so I want to just take advantage of that. So we normally are well down the road. I guess the implication for players, if you're interested in Regis anyway, is, is, you know, establish that communication, get on our radar, um, follow up, follow through, demonstrate that you've done enough in your own searching to, uh, to be at a spot where, you know, Regis is on, a, is on a, a list of some lengths, a short list somewhere. And then we're going to be very, we're going to be interested in, in going to see you, see you play. Great. Well, another thing you mentioned was ID camps. So it sounds like you have your own, do you or your staff work other ones as well? How important is the ID camp component in that kind of recruiting process from start to finish? Really good question. We do occasionally attend other uh, ID camps from other universities, or maybe there's a, a group that's putting together or a club is hosting an ID event. We will, we will go to those. Um, 
honestly, for me, it's, it's probably more kind of being a good soldier in the, in the college game and showing up and being supportive and running some sessions. Um, I think, you know, they can work the same way as a, as a tournament. We've identified a player or two. It's gone both ways. You're going to be at this ID camp. Okay. It makes sense. Um, so we do do that. I, I think for us, probably most beneficial in terms of the ID camp world is the one that we host. We host a couple of year. Um, we, our ID camp and, and everybody does it differently. And, and, you know, there's no, no judgment here on, on how people do it. What we've chosen to do is keep our ID camps pretty tidy, pretty small. So, um, and we don't want to be exclusive or say this is invitation only, but we um, we get to a point in our relationship, uh, the recruiting relationship with the player, where we feel like there's enough promise and potential here for this match that we will invite them to come to our ID camp. We might have between 20 to 30 players. We try to kind of cap it at 30 so that it truly is an identification event that we can spend a day or two with them Um allow them to really understand the campus, allow them to see, you know, to get to know us, how we engage, interact on the field. And then obviously in our home environment, on our pitch, in our classroom, those sorts of things. It's, it's, it, it's really, um, you know, powerful opportunity for us to get to know these players. So we, I think I'm thinking back to our, in our, our current class of freshmen, um, the, the 23s out of the eight, I think six of them had, had come to one of our ID camps. And that was after, plenty of conversation and we really would love to get you on campus here's a weekend we're bringing in potentially some of your future teammates um come meet them it's important for you to understand like are these my people um and and for you to get a chance to see who it is that we're recruiting their athleticism their their technical quality the kind of human being that they are and so that's been really important for us um to really kind of and we get a little bit better each year like dialing in on on the intent of the ID camp and then the philosophy and what it is that we actually do with the players while they're here. So I would say that's a huge component of our recruiting is, is our own ID camp. And to a lesser extent, those opportunities to get out and, and see other, see other players and then present Regis as a, you know, as a, as another wonderful choice among many, you know, across the college landscape. Okay. Great. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Regis. Uh, you know, folks out there maybe aren't, aren't familiar. I've, and there's a Regis College and a Regis University, so you always always have that fun confusion, right? Um, so you've been there three, four years now. Kind of tell me what are some of the things that that you find are just uh, awesome, outstanding about the school. Maybe some stuff we wouldn't even know by going through the website. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to talk a little bit about the school. I I I, I love I love this place. Um, for me, it sort of captures everything that I would, almost everything, <laughs> you never get it all. But the major components of what I feel that I need um, in terms of resources to build a program that I think, you know, serves young women really well. Um, I grew up in Colorado. I've been here um, for a you know good chunk of my life. And honestly, I like, I just didn't know very much about Regis. It is in Denver. It's a, you know, it's in an urban setting, um, but it's a small campus kind of feels like a little bit of an oasis. And I drove by it, I don't know how many times and, and just really over the years, never really um, invested time to understand what the university was. And so for me, the last several years being here, it's been a, 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 just an opportunity to learn. I, I'm learning, I'm learning every week about something unique, uh, something I didn't know. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a small campus, um, you know, a couple thousand students, um, undergraduates, uh, freshmen, sophomores have to live on campus. So you take about half of that number and it, it ends up being, you know, it's not high school 2.0, it, it's bigger than that, but it is an intimate, uh, setting and you're known on this campus. Uh, 
it's uh it's a jesuit school i didn't know anything about jesuit education the more i learned the more i'm like man why wouldn't you like if you were trying to start a, a soccer program somewhere why wouldn't you choose this set of foundational values to begin to build your culture and it's just it's a lot of you know service with and for others and for the greater good and academic integrity and and it's those sorts of values that you just look at and they're on banners across campus i'm like dang I'll, i will take that one i will take that one i will take that one and they just become really fundamental components of the program so we are trying within the you know women's soccer program to make that feel sort of parallel but you know synonymous to the to the overall life experience on campus um, it's a highly academically oriented institution, um, as you can imagine, uh, you know, a, a Jesuit education. It's a, a liberal arts perspective with some really strong pockets. Uh, most of our almost all of our players, probably, probably I'd say probably 80 percent are in the health sciences, very strong health science program, nursing, exercise science, um, physical therapy, those sorts of things. Um, and then across campus, we have other really strong pockets. It's it's just a, it, it offers a breadth of academic experience, but at a really high level. Um, we, you know, you don't have to be a perfect 4.0 student to come here. And in fact, I wouldn't want everyone to have that same profile. In order to be successful here, you do, regardless of your GPA, your academic experience coming out of high school, or, you know, perhaps if you're a transfer student, what you do need is to have some academic curiosity and a little bit of um, earnestness around your own professional aspirations and your personal growth in, in the classroom. So, and that's where going back to what I was talking about earlier, the importance of the fit for us in recruiting, like we just, we just, I, I don't want every player to look alike, but I do, there has to be enough recognition on their part of, of what this environment is for them to come here and be successful as, as students first, as, as, as humans first, students second, and then soccer players third. We, we talk about that, that student and soccer success, right? So a lot of times that can be the tough part about being a collegiate athlete is balancing the demands of the classroom and, and on the field. So how do your players specifically really balance those two things, make sure they're successful in both those things and what kind of support systems does a school offer to, to make sure that they're successful in those things? Yeah. Another really good question, Matt. Um, I think the first thing I'll say is that we have a, a big part of our culture is built around academic success. And there's great pride among our players in, um, you know, I'm not a big GPA guy, you know, because I think it's a proxy and <laughs> you can get a great GPA, but not learn anything in that course. I've been teaching long enough to know that. Um, but nevertheless, there's, there's great pride in the program that predates me years and years that this is a place where you, you come and, and you're a, you're a great student. And so we, you know, we have, um, they have a, a competition within our conference for the highest grade point average. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of pride around having the highest GPA across the league and maintaining that year after year. And so our, our freshmen come into this environment where to start with academic excellence is, is prioritized and it's driven by the players, which I coming in, it's one thing that I learned. I was like, wow, I don't, I don't have to do a lot of harping on, Hey, good, get, get, get good grades, be good in the classroom. That's part of the culture. So that's a foundational piece, which I think is great. Then there are the other added components that you, you know, you're asking about, um, you know, we like probably every program in the United States, we have a, a study hall for our incoming players um, that's monitored a couple of times a week. We're not large enough as a D2 uh, program to have a dedicated academic advisor just for, you know, women's soccer or just for athletics. That said, there are so many resources across campus that are open to 
every student, athlete, non-athlete, that um, if you are seeking support, would make it hard to fail here. You know, you do have to take the initiative, but we've got, uh, you know, learning service resources and folks across campus and counseling and all of those things that you would expect a, a college campus to have in terms of supporting academic success. We, you know, we have those here. I would say probably in terms of supporting the academic uh, progress, achievement, success, probably the biggest thing about our program is just what happens internally. It, it's, our students are great mentors for one another. There's all kinds of informal guidance, like don't take that class in the fall, take that class in the spring. And I, I'm surprised, like when we're on the road, the number of times I will come down into the lobby and I'm like, hey, ladies, you know, the study hall is from nine to 10 and it's 8.15, you're already down here. And they're just doing it um, just because they have really embraced it as something that that we do here in this program. So honestly, I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I, you know, I don't have, I don't spend a lot of time really driving the academic piece because they've taken so much ownership of that already and not, you know, we've got a couple students this, uh, you know, this past fall that, that were hit pretty hard with the demands of a heavy schedule and soccer and the lifting and on the road. And, um, and, and then for the first time being away from home and then getting hit with this different level of academic experience. So, you know, we're working with them and there's no pressure. It's just like, this is part of what it means to be a full human being. And, to gain everything that you possibly can from this experience, we're going to have to focus on, on the tools that allow you to be successful. So um, it's, you know, it's always, you, you know, you, you have your peaks and valleys as a student and, um, and that's what we want. You know, we want it to be challenging. I don't want everyone to get A's all the time. We want, we want to experience what does it feel like to, to be riding a B minus and, you know, have a little bit of pressure to perform and to really, you know, crack the code in the classroom as well as the, the field. Yeah. Well, Real quick, just to follow up on something you said earlier, was the, the fact that you have a lot of health science majors and nursing majors. I know, you know, I've, I've, I've done a couple hundred of these now. And uh, a lot of times you hear nursing and health sciences don't jive with being a collegiate athlete because of the time demands. So I know there are a few programs I've talked to. It sounds like yours is another one where it's okay. You kind of welcome it. You work around it. You work with it. How does that work for your players? Yeah, it's hard. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to avoid it. It's, it's hard, but we, I can't imagine bringing a, a, a person here and saying, um, we're not going to allow you to pursue an academic pathway that makes sense for you. I, that, I just, that's not part of my paradigm here. And so, um, we, we have, I think right now on the roster, six nurses or five with some other ones coming in. We have five currently and it's, it's, it's hard. We've got a couple right now that, you know, we've launched into the spring season and, and they miss, they're missing a couple of days a week. Once they hit that junior year and the senior year, it's, it's very challenging. We had a couple last year as seniors that, you know, they were missing Thursday trainings, which makes it hard to start a match on Friday. Um, but that is a consequence. We just try to be really clear with them up front. We want you to pursue, like we want to set you up for the rest of your life. Um, and if you want to be a nurse or another program that that has labs or clinicals, we're 100% okay with that. We will work with the nursing program, but you have to understand that the, the consequence of that is at times soccer takes a backseat and we have a good relationship with nursing. You know, we, they might be dashing in right as we're walking out of the locker room, but you know, they're, they're present. They're here for all of our matches. And in turn, that means they do miss some training and um, we make, we make it up. We, we um, find other times to make sure that they're getting in the weight room and they, these, these um, student athletes that make that choice 
do so knowingly up front. And they are the sort of student, they're the kind of student you'd want as your own nurse, you know, down the road, right? They're very conscientious. They're, they have a service orientation. Um, they understand what the demand is going to be. They understand they're going to have to, they're putting themselves at a competitive disadvantage within our program. And yet they still say, I want to be a nurse. I love, for me, it's like, wow, those are the kind of people you want to build your program around. So it's not easy. They miss a lot. It's hard. We have those conversations like, why am I not getting more minutes? And 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 sometimes it's like because you, you weren't at you missed two pretty fundamental training sessions this week and and that's why and those are tough that's a tough pill to swallow but we just always try to come back to um, what is the role of this athletic experience in your overall life relative to the academic experience let's be as exceptional as we can in both and and negotiate it along the way so I we're it's not right for every program um, we're trying to manage and balance that and uh, you know we've been really. We've we've been able to attract some really high level players because they just haven't found a fit elsewhere where the soccer and the academic they they feel the freedom to be able to be excellent at both. Um, so we're still working it out. There's some bumps on the road, but um, but but you know we want I want to be a place that allows every one of our athletes to be exactly the student that is right for them in that moment at that time. No, I, I think that's great. Uh, let's talk more about the the team, a little bit of the on field stuff. I mean, we it, well. Is there a roster size that that you find is ideal that you're trying to hit each year? Yeah, we're we're in a, a little tug of war right now across uh, the athletic program um, as the questions up the ladder, you know, administratively are being asked. You know, what is the appropriate size in an institution that's driven largely by tuition? You know, I wish we had the endowment of a of an Ivy League school. We don't. Um, so we are heavily tuition dependent. And so what does that mean? What is the responsibility? Like how much weight does the athletics program as a whole carry in terms of, you know, tuition dollars across campus? And how does that mesh with your scholarship allotment? So there's been a little push and pull, um, you know, between us coaches and the administration to kind of maybe perhaps bump the numbers up over the course of the next couple of years. We have been running the last couple of years at 27 and 28, kind of right in that 27, 28. Um, we'll be just a little bit higher this coming year, uh, fall of 2024. We'll be up right around 30. And um, that to me feels like, oof, that's starting to push the boundary of, of making it really hard to ensure that everybody up and down, you know, the roster from, from one to 30 is, is having a quality experience and getting an opportunity to, to train well, um, to be a part of, of the training environment and, and to really be fully engaged there, but also, you know, opportunities to play. Um, so it's a balancing act. That's kind of where we aim to be. I think ideally, you know, if, if I could pick a number, uh, it'd probably be, you know, 26, you're carrying four goalkeepers and you got 22 field players, allowing for some injuries. That'd be ideal. Um, 27, 28, 29, 30. I think that's where we'll be probably in the future moving forward here in the next few years. Okay. What you mentioned uh, staff with, with Luke helping out with, uh, with stuff. So what, what does your, your staff kind of look like? What other support staff are there in the athletic department that help out the team? We, uh, there's two of us, um, well, I'm the head coach, obviously, and, and, and Luke's the assistant coach, though, I think if you came and took a look at a training session any given day, you might have a difficulty discerning, you know, who's, who's on top. Uh, I'm very fortunate. Luke is a, a wonderful coach, wonderful recruiter, great on the field. So we have a really uh, just a relationship that I really enjoy in terms of the sharing and giving take. We have a graduate student. Um, so that is a, a funded position every year. Uh, the graduate student we have right now, she's lovely. She's from Columbia, which just brings this unique added perspective, a brilliant player in her day. So she's here 
um, you know, the grad students, they come and go, they're kind of on a two year cycle. So she's got another year with us and then we'll be looking to replace her with the next grad student. We have a goalkeeping trainer um, that is an independent contractor. So that's money that we fundraise for. And then we, we pay her and she, she works um, here on campus several days a week and at all of our home matches supporting our goalkeepers. Um, so that's kind of soccer alone. Uh, we have a, a training program that is uh, obviously instrumental to, to keeping our athletes healthy and, and productive and, and back on the field as soon as possible after injuries, big ones and little ones. Um, there are four of them that service the, the program here. So in season, we have a dedicated athletic trainer that's at every one of our training sessions, home matches, obviously, sometimes traveling with us. Other times we'll take advantage of, a, of the visiting team or when we're the visitor there, the, the home uh, the home trainer. So great training program. We also have a full-time strength and conditioning program here. We have a dedicated strength and conditioning coach just for women's soccer. Um, so, you know, and he, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's in all of our home matches, occasionally pop into a training session, but is responsible for leading the strength and conditioning component right now in the spring off season, that's three days a week in the fall while we're in season they're they're with uh, Spencer twice a week. So we've got those, uh, really, you know, necessary components of a, of a high level program. Um, we do, those are shared resources, you know, we are D2 program. And, and sometimes you go in the training room and you got to wait a little bit to get an ankle taped. And that's just the way it goes for us. Um, and we just try to help our athletes understand the demands that the trainers are under servicing 250 plus athletes. And it's okay to take your, take your spot in line every once in a while. And, mm -hmm. and uh, to know that, you know, in those dire moments, you, you will be cared for. So we have also doctors, you know, off campus that have relationships with us. So if we had a a more significant injury. We got places to go um, that know the program, that know our athletes, know our trainers. Um, we have physical therapists that are off campus too for when that's necessary. So we have a network around athletics to to support. And you, you know, we don't have everything here, but we do. If we don't have it, we find the connection. You know, to make sure that we're not wanting in those really key areas where you've got to have support for your athletes. Okay. So we talked about your staff and I got to ask about you. Uh, so how would you describe kind of your coaching style, the style of play you want to enact and kind of just that overall team culture? Yeah, well, the, I could talk an hour about this. This is the fun stuff. It's the good stuff. Um, I, I think, you know, it's probably important to know my orientation coming to, um, you know, this position is full-time work as a head college soccer coach. It's been an aspiration for a long, long time, but I, I, I've come to it out of the education world. I've always been coaching, but I've um, had a long, you know, long stint in my career as a, as a teacher, high school teacher, back to graduate school, college professor in the school of education. And so I, I, it's just, it's in my DNA, I guess, just like an orientation toward coaching that is rooted in principles of teaching and learning. And so at the heart of that, I think for me is, um, is it's, it's gotta be relational based. I am a relational person. And, um, you know, I think, I guess a couple of components, what I would hope, I don't necessarily use these words with our athletes, but I hope if you ask them, they would, they would be able to reflect on things like, you know, it's a, it's a psychologically safe environment. Yes, it's challenging, but it's, it's, it's built around a foundation of trust and, and openness and, and, and safety. Um, we try really hard to keep the ego out of it, to keep the outcomes out of it and, and have a heavy task orientation. Like how can we hit the standard today? What is the task that's before us today? Um, it's that proverbial, you know, the outcome will take care of itself and it will be the outcome that you want more often than not, if you can focus on the task at hand. So 
that's a big part of our culture. Um, again, I don't know if the player, I wouldn't use these words necessarily with our players, but we try to add a heavy dose of autonomy into the program. Um, how does this, you know, constantly, how's, how are you feeling? Is, are we hitting the mark? Is this, um, are you feeling supportive? Can you give us some insights? I a quick example last year. Um, at one point we, uh, asked the players, um, the back line, like, Hey, I, we can go, we can play the four back. We can play the three back. I, I personally, I trust you in both. You guys decide what, what do you want to do? We're going into this match. We could go either way. And they're like, we're more comfortable in the three back done. Let's do that. And so it was a moment where, Again, not that we, not that I made this transparent in that moment, but I, I, I wanted them to feel the autonomy, the ownership, and the buy-in, and, and you know, obviously from a coaching point of view, when your back line says we want to play in a three-back, well, now they're on the hook for that, you know, and and that's it. Just it allows uh, you guys chose this. Let's do it. Let's nail it. And so that's one example. But when I was trying to sort of give them autonomy to to help shape the direction, certainly of the culture, but then you know what we're trying to accomplish on the field, um, in terms of style of play. You know, we're, um, I, I, you know, probably 95% of every college coach in America is going to say, ah, oh, we're a possession oriented team. We like to keep the ball on the floor. <laughs> um, and that's true, you know, and I would, I would say that um, where that comes from me is that, again, it goes back to the joy. Where, where do you find the joy in this game? And, and I think for me, it's like being involved in some sort of combination that is beautiful and unrepeatable and, and serendipitous and just happen. Like those moments of joy, I think for me, I think thinking back, you know, <laughs> dozens of years, that, that was always the source of joy for me as a player. And so we've tried to build our system around that. How can we share the ball? But but more importantly, you know, metaphorically, like how can we share the play in a way that engages engages everybody and so that everybody is as equally likely to experience the joy. So from an attacking point of view, um, you know, we have we have principles. We try not to trying to focus and we just talked about this yesterday in training session to kind of remind them as we're getting going in the spring again it's like if you're if you're focusing on your position you're, you probably missed the boat what is your role in this moment in that particular location on the field and what is the game asking we, we say this a lot like what's the game giving you what's the game asking you fulfill that role in this moment and we build our you know playing principles around around that and and it is you know it is based on like we love having we love having the ball more than they do and how can we, um, you know, it's the Pep Guardiola. Don't you don't move the ball, you move you move the opponent. Um, so we're very much kind of aligned in that way. And I think from the defensive side of it, you know, just trying to get our players to buy in every single day to to love the process of getting the dang thing back. Just to really love um, pressuring the opponent and and winning balls back because that allows us to do the thing we really love, which is to share the joy in, in having the ball. So. That's kind of a snapshot. And again, it's probably, you know, you probably hear a lot of coaches that would articulate some version of that, but um, you know, our training sessions are heavily play oriented. Um, and, you know, again, going back to the idea of, of giving players the opportunity to experience autonomy and join the game. Like, can we, can we design training sessions that are well-organized uh, competitive but also contain lots of opportunities to just experience the joy of the game at the hundred mile view. That's kind of what we're trying to do. No, I love it. I love it a lot. Um, and, and believe it or not, a lot of coaches do say they like to have the ball more than their opponent. Imagine that. But, uh, <laughs> well, coach, you, you've been super generous with your time. We've gone over a lot of things. I like to end these with the same question for everybody. And as someone who's had, 
three kids go through this process uh, and play collegially. And now you as a coach, you're, you're more, you're, you're better equipped than most to, to answer this question. So if you did have one, just one piece of advice, if there was one nugget of info that you think all families, parents, players, prospective student athletes should know going through this recruiting process, what would that be? I think I, I think I would land here, and this is certainly where we landed with our three with our three kids. Um, I kind of hinted at it before. The game is always willing, ready, eager to give you joy, and your task as a prospective student athlete at X Y Z A B C universities is to figure out which of those environments is closely enough aligned to who you are to be the greatest possible source of joy for you. And, you know, I, I tell us that we're, we're obviously we're a D2 program and we, we are attracting some really high level athletes that have the option of playing in D1 programs, D2 programs, obviously D3 programs, the whole range. And what I, what I try when it, when it's, when it's right, when it feels right, the thing that I, that I will try to leave them with. And, and this is like, you know, whether you come to us at Regis or you go somewhere else, you know, you, you've got to find the right place and just know this, that when you make your first big time save, when you when you blow somebody up in a tackle for the first time, when you score your first goal, whether that is D1, D2, D3, it's not like a D1 goal gives you more joy than a D3 goal. That's just not true. Um, it's about being a part of a community that like when you do score that first goal, that uh, joy you get when you're mobbed by your teammates, when you have that 15 second run back to the center stripe, you know, you, you just to experience that moment, it, it's the, the, the object is to find that moment and it can exist in all kinds of different environments. And so if you are absolutely bent on, on being in a D, D1 program, like more power to you, go for it, like wind in the sails, go for it. Um, if you are bent on a, a D3 experience, so you can study abroad and, and, you know, be involved in campus life in a different way that maybe you wouldn't get a D1 to go for that. Whatever it is that, you know, is really driving you, hopefully, as a 16, 17-year-old, you've had some guidance along the way to really become self-aware and understand who you are and what's important to you. That's the match. And just know that if you find the match, uh, the game's going to, the game will reward that that decision. We don't always nail it. You know, you don't always nail it. You do the best you can with the data that you have, but but the comfort and the assurance of knowing that if you find the right place, you will, <laughs> this game just gives and gives and gives, and uh, you will be on the receiving end of some, you know, just some wonderful joy and fulfillment um, if you have trusted that process and you stay true to who you are. That's the advice I give everybody that sits in this office and uh, whether it's here or elsewhere, um, find the match and it's out there. It's absolutely out there. And there's been times when it's painful, you know, sitting in this chair where you, you where you lose a player that you really think could help you, but they have found a better spot. Uh, you can't do anything but tip the hat and say, like, all the best to you. Go, go crush it. Um, because the worst thing is to have a player in your environment that that doesn't want to be there, but doesn't fit for for whatever reason, because that's just that's not good for the player. It's not good for the program. It's not good for the teammates. It's, it's hard for everybody. So let's do the best we can to, you know, to, to make the very best decision possible. And, and when you do great things are in store. Love it. Love it. Wise words, coach. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for the time. Wish you the best of luck here uh, in your spring. And as you finish up uh, 
all those recruiting and, and getting ready for the fall. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see you around uh, maybe I, I, I'm guessing you're not doing a lot of Florida recruiting, but if you get down I here, <laughs> let me know. And, uh, and we'll get Terrific. together. Right? Uh, I wish that I wish we could, I wish we could. There's <laughs> wonderful players there. Not a bad place to hang out for a weekend. So That's right. That's <laughs> appreciate right. it. Thanks awesome. so much for your time, Matt. This is a, a unique opportunity for us just to talk a little bit about the things that we feel are, are special about Regis. So I really appreciate you giving us this opportunity, but for the, dozens and dozens and dozens of other coaches and programs you're, you're providing something really special for um, all those young people out there looking for the right soccer home academic home so thank you very much appreciate it appreciate it take care hi everybody it's matt from discover college soccer i hope you're enjoying the podcast whether that's on youtube or your favorite podcast platform don't forget to hit the subscribe button i also wanted to let you know about the discover college soccer study table this is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there.